Welcome to episode 10. This is an interview with Productivity Master and the founder of Asian Efficiency, Aaron Lee. Welcome back to Start Something Matters. My name is Daniel Fulman. This is a podcast proudly brought to you by entrepreneurabroad.com. Had a great conversation with the guy today who has built an online business around helping you to improve your productivity. Aaron's going to teach you not only some strategies that he uses in business, that you can implement them to get better results and achieve more in less time. He's also going to be talking to you about how he built multiple businesses while traveling and setting up base in Southeast Asia. So if you're looking to start or build a business, this is a great conversation. So stick around and tune in. When's the last time you felt overwhelmed? When's the last time you procrastinated? When's the last time that you didn't follow through and do something even though you knew that you had to do it? I can put my hand up for every single one of those things and it's important that you need to know that Aaron wasn't born the productivity expert. He didn't just come out and, and suddenly realize that he was great at productivity. What you'd probably be surprised to learn is he was very much an introvert, lacked confidence and self-esteem until he made a decision to master some of the fundamentals that were thrown at him in the early stages of building his businesses. If you get a couple of seconds, do me a favor, leave a five-star review. Let's get into the conversation. Aaron, welcome to Start So That Matters. Great to have you on the show. Having me, Dan. Now, the listener knows that you've built one of the leading productivity blogs or websites on the net, but I don't know the story behind that. Tell me, what's your story? Where did you start? I grew up in Sydney, Australia. My parents were first-generation migrants from the south of Thailand. When I was about eight or nine, they started their own consulting company. In some ways, it was good because I got to see sort of the inner workings of a small business. On the other hand, I don't think I ever had dinner with my parents for about 10 years while I was in high school. I grew up playing video games and watching anime. And my assumption was always I was going to be like some sort of computer programmer or computer scientist. And that kind of changed when I got into high school. I read a couple of books that made a big difference. There was Rich Dad Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki, Unlimited Power by Tony Robbins. The most influential one actually was Business at the Speed of Thought by Bill Gates. In high school, what do you excel at? Honestly, I was really just good at studying and passing exams. <laughs> you were good at that or you were made to be good at that? Which one was it, Aaron? I think it was a combination of both. I don't think I was the smartest kid there, but I was definitely one of the most organized. Here's the strange irony of it, right? You have all these first-generation migrants from whether it be Asia, Southern Europe, or the Middle East, and they move to Australia or, you know, or the UK or the US, and they start all these businesses like restaurants and nail salons and laundromats. And then what do they encourage their kids to do? They encourage their kids to become professionals working for big corporate companies. Picking up some pretty good books at, at a young age. Those books don't exactly factor into you know, academics or anything like that. No, they don't, but it, it gives you the right mindset. The strange thing about it is it gave me a very different mindset. And I had a lot of disagreements with various teachers, career environments along the way. I went to Sydney Grammar School, which is probably one of the most, I guess, exclusive all-boys schools in Australia. Right? I think we have like judges who sit on almost every level of the Australian legal system. So that was the kind of expectation. So when you, when you have a student who's talking about, oh, I want to start a business, you know, I read this book by Bill Gates, they're sort of like, yeah, you know, that's kind of like, you know, media studies and that kind of thing. It's not really something they really want to cultivate in their students. And they did their best to you know, guide me back towards the, the light side of the force, so to speak. I finished my high school. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go to university, become a lawyer, you know, forget about this entrepreneurial stuff. By some strange quirk of fate, I missed the cutoff by about, I think it was like 0.15 or something. And so I couldn't study law. I had to look around for alternatives. And I ended up getting the co-op scholarship at the University of New South Wales. I worked my way through university, having you know worked during the day and studied at night. I kind of decided that the corporate world 
really wasn't for me and I wanted to do something entrepreneurial. We were given a semester where we didn't have to work during the day. Do you guys want to go on exchange to somewhere? I was like, sure. And at first I thought that I was going to go to Asia. Course advisor is like, you should go to America. If you're interested in business and the cutting edge sort of technology, spent a semester at Penn State, a bit of a party school. This was the first time I'd ever met Americans. Their culture and their society and the way they look at the world is just so different. If you say, hey, I want to start a startup, raise funding and do all these great things and change the world, everyone's like, that's awesome. You should do it. In fact, here are some people you can talk to who will help you. If you say that in like Australia or Asia, they're like, slap you on the head and be like, stop being an idiot. And I definitely saw it as a more desirable place to live and do business. You mentioned the word law before and missing out. Was that a big deal for you? Oh, at the time, I remember when the, the test results came back. Were you gutted? Absolutely. Funny thing about it is if I if I kind of look back on it now and having you know, run a couple of companies and having to deal with the whole legal side of things, I'm so glad I didn't become a lawyer. Before I graduated, I actually applied for something called the green card lottery. It sounds like an internet scam. So you put your name in and they select a random drawer you know, X number of people every year to become permanent residents in America. And I basically won the green card lot. You won the green card? That's unbelievable. The thing is, it comes with a cash, which is from the time they issue your green card, you have six months to move to America. Basically, I just polled all my Facebook friends from America. I was like, where should I move? And they were like, New York or San Francisco. Limited amounts of savings. I decided to go to the cheaper of the two cities. It was all a bit sudden, a bit rushed. I landed, I got off the plane, I got grilled by U.S. Customs on the way in. And, you know, for a minute there, I'm standing in line like, are they actually going to let me into the country? I'm really nervous, but I was like, hey, it says you're on paper, I'm allowed to come in, so are you going to let me in or not? They, they obviously did let me in, eventually. <laughs> had the decision to make, did I want to go find employment? That's what the parents wanted. That's what the green card kind of wants you to do as well, right? Or I could, you know, try to start a business. I obviously picked the latter. I decided to start a business. I tried something on my own, you know, as we all do. We, we go online, we, we buy an ebook called How to Make Money Online, build a blog, build a website, build a course and sell it online and market it. And, you know, this is back in 2008 when like making ebooks was all the rage. I tried that pretty much just broke even just in case. I put in an emergency call to my parents that said, hey, uh, this may not work out the way I think it will. And the second thing I did was I went out and I started networking. I started meeting people. Back at that time, there was a company called Tracking 202, website tracking software. And they were running these new things called Meetup 202s. And I basically met a bunch of super smart, very motivated young entrepreneurs who were making a lot of money, anywhere between two to $10,000 a day. They were involved in an industry called affiliate marketing. Companies pay you for contact details and leads. So email address, zip code. It's part of a bigger industry called lead generation. I sit down, I'm like, how do you guys do this? And they were like, sure, it's really easy. It's what you do. I learned it and I was super motivated <laughs> with money running out. I just started doing that. First year, I paid over six figure in taxes. That was you personally or you set up a company and work with these guys? How did you do it? Uh, so in America, it's called a LLC, which is a pastor entity. So you build it at your personal tax rate, even though it's a company that protects you from liability. I mean, you must be like you're super mad at this stage, right? Pretty much unstoppable. <laughs> affiliate marketing is a very straightforward industry. Former contract with what's called an affiliate network, a company that aggregates deals who want leads or potential customers. Affiliate goes out, spends their own money on advertising, gets website traffic, gets that website traffic to fill in leads, and then you send it off to uh, the affiliate network, who sends it off to the company that, that is buying it. And then they pay you for that data. Just as a very simple example, car insurance lead, a company like Geico or something would just ask for a zip code and they would pay you one, two, three dollars for that zip code. The first dollar wasn't that exciting, to be honest. The first hundred dollars, that was very exciting. It's a bit of an anomaly of an industry. It allowed someone limited skills, limited time, limited money to have extremely, extremely high leverage. I wouldn't recommend someone start there. I do have a lot of friends who are still in the industry, a lot of friends that I made along the way, and you know they do very, very, very well. Right, let's head to a break. When we come back, Aaron's gonna be talking to you about 
how he got out of his own way, his own comfort zone to go out there and pursue opportunities that are available to anybody. Welcome back to Start Selling Matters. My name's Daniel Philbin. This is a podcast proudly brought to you by entrepreneurabroad.com. You're listening to Aaron Lin, the founder of asianefficiency.com, a place where you can go for all your time management and productivity tips, strategies, and advice. Let's get back to the conversation. At this stage, you're 24. Are you super outgoing? Are you a person that will talk to anybody? Absolutely not. How do you put yourself in this position where you're outside of your comfort zone? That was a slow process. I'm naturally an introverted person, very quiet. Nowadays, I sit at I work from home and I barely see any people during the week unless I, you know, I make an effort to go do it. For me, going out is, is not a natural inclination. I made a really good friend there who was doing a startup and he was like, I'm new to the city too. We should just go out, take up with the world. There are like investors and VCs and all sorts of crazy people floating around. We should just go out and meet them. A lot of people make the assumption that social skills are something that aren't really that important or that you can't learn. Uh, I will tell you that you can most definitely learn them. You don't need to rely on your family now. What do your parents say at this stage? You called us up a couple of months ago telling us you were in the hole. Now you're suddenly making money. What they want me to do is go back to Australia and take over their business. At the time, I thought I was going to stay in America for a very long time. I didn't think I would move back to Asia or Australia. To make that much money, I was basically working almost nonstop. I would wake up, work, fall asleep, wake up, work, fall asleep. It's a 24-7 job. There is no break. The breaks are where you schedule them in. Just before I left the US and towards my end of my time in the affiliate marketing industry, people would say, hey, it's Friday night. You want to come out? It's like, enough, I'm going to work. And I, I would I would sit at home and work. But what happened was I basically burnt myself out. I, I was spending all days indoors working in my very lovely apartment in San Francisco. And I just got really tired, really bored, slightly depressed. It's like, what, what am I doing? You know, I'm making a lot of money, but if this is the rest of my life, this is utterly, utterly depressing. Take me back to the most depressing day that you had and what happened. One of my friends called me. I was like, hey, you know, we're heading down to the mission tonight. Do you want to come? And I was like, no, I'm going to work. He said something like, I really admire that you're so dedicated to your work. And it's great that you're very successful. And as your friend, I will keep asking you if you want to come out. But, you know, most people would not see it the same way you do. And I think that comment really resonated with me. What was it about it that resonated with you? One, that he was a really good friend. And ironically, he probably works harder than I do now. Two, it was just that like, you know, what am I doing with my life, right? I'm, I'm in this like vicious cycle of wake up, make money, go to sleep, wake up, make money, go to sleep, which I know to a lot of people sounds like the dream. But once you've been doing it for like a year, 18 months, it gets old very fast. I think the realization was that I need to do something different. Put the business on hold. I packed two bags and I fly to Europe. Some people I had met were doing a running entrepreneurship workshop. So basically, I end up on this crazy journey across Europe, meeting all these crazy business people and entrepreneurs doing things I had no idea even existed in the world. It kind of encouraged me, hey, if this is not something you're really passionate about or something you're really interested in, you should be doing something different. How did it feel to know that you could start something different? I just think I remember going back and being like, okay, now I need to figure out what I want to do with my life. You know, seeing if there was a way that I could revitalize what I was doing uh, in terms of my enjoyment of it, and that didn't happen. With affiliate marketing, the industry over time became less and less scrupulous. It went from borderline gray legal areas to crossing over. There was a lot of talk about the FTC and the FDA going after affiliate marketers, and they did. They ended up doing that, they ended up prosecuting, giving jail time to a lot of people. Affiliate marketing is all about pushing as much potential customers through to the merchant that you work with. And what would happen is people would often lie or fudge the truth or things like that to get people there. You know, at, at that point, I drew the line. I was like, okay, you know, sending insurance leads and that kind of stuff, I can, I can, I'm okay with that. But, you know, if I have to start doing all these various borderline illegal things. It's not something I really want to do. I made a decision to 
pack up and leave pretty much America. I went through Europe, I went through Australia, I went through Asia for probably a good six, seven months. One of the things that I, I also did when I was traveling through Europe, I would go to masterminds and stuff like that. So one of the presentations that I gave was something called Asian efficiency. And it was a, a short 15 minute presentation about you know how to use smartphones and all the latest technology to be productive. And this is stuff that I had just picked up through running my own business. I remember setting up the domain name December 31st, 2009. I settled on Bangkok, Thailand. You know, I put on my Facebook, hey, I'm living in Bangkok. And a couple of people messaged me. They like, hey, that sounds awesome. Uh, I want to move out there too. I had one friend from London move out here. I had another friend from Los Angeles move out here. He would become my business partner. So Asian Efficiency, essentially, we are a productivity training company. And we produce training courses to help professionals and businesses do what they do better. So whether that's improving their systems, improving you know their email workflow through a combination of both live consulting, remote consulting, and, and digital products and services. We started this as a hobby. He had just dropped out of college. It was really for our friend. You know, there was never any intention to start it as a business. It was always going to be a side hobby. So like, oh, let's write an article, put it up on the site, and then post it on Facebook. And so we did that. And for the first one and a half years, that's all we did. When we started to have people who we did not know, Start emailing us and asking us for consulting or for to buy something from us. I sat down with our business partner and we're like, hey, what if we stop doing whatever else we were doing on the side and turn this into a legitimate business? What would that take? How much money would we need? Uh, how would we do it? You know, mapped out a plan, what we're going to do, and we started executing it. Here's the thing at the time, we already had a website that was quite successful. So we put together a very quick information product called Better Sleep. We wanted to see, you know, how the whole process of selling online worked. We bundled it, we sold it, people bought it. It wasn't a lot of money. You know, it was a very low price product. It was proof of concept that what we wanted to do would work. And so from there, we started developing our, our second product, which would then go on to make us quite a bit of money. The details make it sound really smooth, but at the time, it was like, what, what on earth is going on? It's like a hundred thoughts going on at the same time as you're going through this process. Knowing what we know now, we would have built our product funnel, product suite very differently, and we probably would have focused on different parts of the business earlier on. All right, let's head to a break. When we come back, Aaron's going to be giving you some tips and strategies about how he built this business, the importance of mission and purpose, and why there's nothing stopping you from going out there and doing the same thing. Welcome back to Start Something That Matters. My name is Daniel Philbin. This is a podcast proudly brought to you by entrepreneurabroad.com. You're listening to a conversation with the founder of Asian Efficiency, Aaron Lin, where it's all about thinking better and living a better life, which is why Asian Efficiency has recently decided to put on a new event in the States. It's called Think Better, Live Better, Shift Your Mindset, Unleash Your Happiness. It's in January next year, 2016 in Austin in Texas. So if you're stressed, you're having challenges running your business, this could be a great opportunity to realign yourself. The one day conference is packed with practical content and unforgettable inspirational lessons for living a more positive and productive life. Head over to thinklivebetter.com if you wanna learn more. Let's get back to the conversation. Give me an example, what would you have done differently? My business partner and I are both natural introverts. We're both very quiet people. We are very good at systems and structure and organization, like extremely good, and as we should be. What we're not so good at is marketing and salesmanship. What we would have done differently was placed a bigger focus on marketing and sales in the beginning, as opposed to building SOPs and operating procedures. We talked about purpose earlier on, and I think probably a couple of years into Asian efficiency, we kind of figured out that our purpose is to make the world a better and more productive place. You know, I know, I know that sounds like a, one of those mission statements you read on an annual report or something, but the real reason behind it is we have a lot of friends who are entrepreneurs, who are business owners. They struggle with their time, they struggle with their 
management, but these people do really good things for the world. They create jobs, they inspire other people, they make life easier for their customers, my business partner and I, and our entire team. We think this is like a, a really worthy goal. And if we can help them get to their goals faster, that's, that's a good thing. Give us an idea. How big is your business now? Six team members distributed around the world. We're an entirely remote team. At least 10,000, 15,000 customers, over 10,000 people a day. Tell me about an idea and you go, you know what? I wish I would have implemented that earlier. At some point last year, we ran our first webinar, a content presentation that you give to your potential customers. At the end, you pitch them on a, on a product or a service that you're selling. The first time we did that, voted at like 30%. I was like, oh my God, we should have been doing this from like the first day. That we started started doing business. One person I do admire is uh, the late Lee Kuan Yew, former Prime Minister of Singapore. I'm naturally inclined to be a systems guy, right? I love you know taking things apart and putting them back together, and that's essentially what he did with the country. Now that I think about it, he's probably generated more wealth, capital than any other entrepreneur. What motivates you personally in business? I really do enjoy helping people and watching them take what I teach to them or what the company teaches to them, and then use it. To do better in their own life to whatever your story is growing up like everyone has these things everyone has fears everyone has insecurities and issues that you know they need to resolve and that probably they should resolve at some point uh it's not just you and definitely don't use that as an excuse to hold yourself back from doing what you really want to do and the name actually comes from you know like farm boys from oklahoma kind of american friends to complain like damn it you and tan the only reason you get stuff done is because you're asian it's all about genetics yeah. even though it's completely not genetic. It's a great name. It's a bit of tongue-in-cheek, but it works well. The funny thing about the name is we get a lot of emails. I'm not Asian. Is this going to work? That's one type that email we get. The other email we get is from people living in Asia, uh, where we have a big fan base, who are like, why you got to call it Asian efficiency? Hard enough being Asian in today's world as it is. Three success tips for somebody out there who's either looking to get into business, they need some direction in their life, or they're stuck and they haven't found the right path. What would you tell them? One, find out what you really enjoy doing. And I don't just mean something that you fancy, really genuinely enjoy doing and can see yourself doing for the rest of your life. Two, I would find out from that list of things, which one of those things solve problems for other people. And by solve problems, I mean they're willing to exchange money for your advice on that. And step three, I would be just do that and enjoy the rest of your life. Thanks to Aaron Lynn from AsianEfficiency.com for joining us here at Start Something That Matters, a podcast proudly brought to you by EntrepreneurAbroad.com. Great conversation with him today. If you're looking to get better at productivity, time management, then Asian Efficiency is a place where you need to go. Being more productive and getting more things done in your business, their new event coming up in January. Get to it if you're in the States. If you're not in the States, make the trip. It'll definitely be worth your time. If you're in business right now, keep doing what you're doing. Add as much value as you can to people's lives. Go out there and start so that matters. Make a big impact in the world. If you need some additional inspiration, head over to entrepreneurabroad.com. Really hope you enjoyed the conversation today. Do me a favor, leave a five-star review. I'll see you very shortly. My name is Daniel Philbin, signing off. giveaway time remember head over to entrepreneurabroad.com if you want to learn more about the giveaways 
Matan Grafell's episode, the last one, onemonth.com, is still giving away $990 one-year subscription to their online training courses. So make sure you head over to entrepreneurabroad.com after you've left a five-star review here and a positive comment because there's no way I can give you the prize if I don't know who you are. If you don't want to come back to entrepreneurabroad.com, tweet me at, at @thinkbigger. That's how you can get in contact with me on Twitter. Let me know you left a five-star review because I want to give something back to you, the listener, for supporting the show. All of Charlie Mullins' 10-book giveaway are all gone, so you've got to be quick. This is an awesome prize, though, the one-year subscription to onemonth.com, so make sure you get involved. I'll see you in the next conversation. Take care. My name's Daniel Fulman. Talk to you soon.